In this episode, once again, we speak to the amazing Darren Smith. Darren is a film producer, an author, a founder of Crafts Creative, where he shares his experience with creative entrepreneurs and business owners to help them build and grow their awareness, engagement, and revenue using his movie framework. And today we're talking about how to show your value without a sales pitch. Let's find out. And remember, if you want to upgrade your money mindset, then click on the link www.millionairefoundations.com and watch my free training. Money Mindset with Girl Khan podcast will help you to break free from your limiting beliefs, reverse your money shame and blast through your money blocks so that you can live a life of unlimited abundance. In this podcast, we will talk about energy tools and mindset strategies that will help you to understand and change your relationship with money, whether you're in a job, profession, or working on your passion. Change your relationship with money to change your life. I'm your host, Gul Khan. Let's get started. Welcome, welcome. This is Gul Khan, your money mindset expert. And once again, we have the amazing, we have the wonderful, we have the charming Darren Smith. Welcome, Darren. Oh, charming. That's a new one. Thank you. <laughs> it's an English show, probably. <laughs> All right, Darren, everyone's heard your intro. They know how fabulous you are, but please, in your own words, tell everybody what it is that you do. Yes. Well, fabulous is part of my job title. I'm the fabulous Darren Smith, international film producer, fabulous, extraordinaire. No, I'm a film producer by trade. And I came up through lots of creative creative industries like music and television and film. And it's been a whirlwind of a career, but that is what I spend most of my time doing is as a film producer. I also work as a consultant with creative entrepreneurs who are running creative businesses and are trying to get unstuck and find their way forward. Wonderful. And so this leads us on to today's topic, which is how to show your true value without the sales pitch. Now, you said this to me off camera, and I thought it was a really, really interesting, um, interesting topic because I have not had anybody sort of come on this um, on this show and talk about this in this way. So explain what this topic means. Yeah, well, I was reading a I was actually in a community. There's a company called Tiny Little Businesses, which is has the fit, my favorite newsletter that I get every week. It's the Emergent Marketing Newsletter by Andre Chaperone and Sean Twing. And I'm in their community. And I was talking about, man, sometimes offers are really hard to nail down. And I'm doing all these different things. I'm trying to do consulting and I'm writing books and I have a course and I have all this stuff. Plus, I have all the film producing things that I do, which is my full-time gig. Mm. And Sean, who's one of the owners of the company, said two things to me, which were really essential. So the first thing he said was, look, many million-dollar businesses have been built off of one audience, one channel, and one offer. So he was essentially telling me, you're doing too much. If you just focus on one thing, you could get it to six or even seven figures. You're just trying to do too much and it's diffusing your energy and your focus. Well, that was a mind-blown moment. But then he followed it up with one of his favorite keys to success was to align what you do with the people who already overvalue what you do. Hmm. What on earth does that mean? So that's what we were talking about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Because I know it's very difficult. I, I know... I know I've heard about people valuing your services, but and the more you charge, the more people value your service. But overvalue is the first time I've heard that phrase to you know serve people who overvalue you. So that's interesting. Yeah. So let me give you a personal example to kind of highlight this um, this idea or this mm-hmm. concept. So 
last year, I let's see, 2021, I published a book and it's called Craftsman Creative, how five-figure entrepreneurs or five-figure, sorry, how five-figure creators can build six-figure businesses. I should know the subtitle of my own book, but here we are. So I wrote that, published it in 2021 and, you know, sold a, a massive like 250 copies. I probably have gifted 1500 copies by now, but I've sold maybe 250. And I was trying to figure out like, how do I get this book out there? And a friend and mentor of mine said, look, you should get on podcasts, get on like four or five a month and get in front of other people's audiences. Because if they spend an hour with you, a, they like you and they were, they thought it was valuable enough to listen to you, but that's where you're going to try it or where you're going to find your super fans. Cause the people who listen to you for an hour, they're the ones who are going to go to your website, click on your social, follow you two or three places, start listening to your podcast and they become your true fans. I was like, great, I'll start doing that. So I just started saying yes to like every podcast and doing outreach and just trying to get on as many shows as possible. And after about six months, none of them had really moved the needle. My newsletter hadn't grown. My social following hadn't grown. Mm -hmm. And I was questioning, I'm like, okay, what am I doing wrong here? Because I'm, I'm showing up, I'm yeah. doing the work. I'm on the podcast this is an hour or two a week. I'm devoting to this and it's not showing anything. And then I got on one podcast, which was called the grow your video business podcast by Ryan Coral or with Ryan Coral. And as you can tell from the title, it's got an audience of video business owners. Mm. And so I got on his show and started talking about things like mindset and how to find clients and how to work with customers and how to expand your product ecosystem and generate more profit and all these things. Because I had run a video business, a production company for nine years, and now I was a full-time film producer. So the audience already had the context of this guy has successfully done the thing I'm trying to do. Hmm. So that was one. That's part of it. And then I delivered the goods in that hour of conversation. So from that one hour, it led to over $30,000 of revenue to my business in the next six months between hmm. middle of last year to the end of last year. And it's still continuing today. A lot of people, it's now been a year got an email two weeks ago from a guy. I heard you on this podcast. I would like to do a strategy call. Those are $500. Mm -hmm. Like that is still paying dividends a year later. And the only difference between the hour I spent on his show and the dozens of hours I spent on all these other shows was that audience already overvalued what I do. They mm -hmm. overvalued my experience and they overvalued the things I was sharing with them because of the context of that show. Now, that's really interesting because you're literally saying something that Russell Brunson talks about all the time, the ClickFunnels guy. He's always saying, you know, go where your audience is. So you can be talking uh, to and most eloquently in the most beautiful way, but you can be talking to the wrong people and everything you say will be falling on their fears. Whereas if you go to a place where your audience is and then say what they need to hear, that that's how you attract the right clients. And so that's exactly basically it. So you're, you're saying when you, people who overvalue are those people who are already looking for or need your help and you're just there showing, turning up and, and um, sort of serving them. And, you know, you feel you tick all the boxes of what they need. And then that's, then you don't even convince anything. You just have, you fill all the criteria and they're, you're ready to evolve. Whereas if you try and build a like, you know, like a trust factor and build a rapport with an audience, 
that's a long it's i think that's a still works but it's a longer strategy because you have to get them from the as scott also puts it from the slow track to the fast track because you have to build it up and warm up the audience and get them to understand you and eventually when they're ready then say okay this guy can help me with this particular thing because it's your value is so unique and so it's, it's basically just talking to the right audience so you would you say it's not only just talking to the right audience and um, so the audience recognizes your value it's also what you have to say 100% you have to share your values and you have to do them in like breakthrough or aha moments mm-hmm. i have a a blog post and i think even a podcast episode about how to speak in aha moments mm-hmm. because on podcasts, like even now, especially now more than a couple of years ago, it all gets chopped up and put on social media and you've got yeah. 30 seconds to try to convince someone to listen to the long form thing. Yeah. And so you've got to learn how to encapsulate your values in 30 second to 60 second sound bites, which is yeah. a skill that I had to learn. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's crazy. crazy. And yeah. I still, I'm too verbose. I use more words than I need to. And so at my Sound bites end up being three minutes instead of one. You can't use them. So I apologize to your editor in advance. <laughs> um, but no, it's such a such an important thing to realize that people are seeking resonance. People want to feel that you know what you're talking about, that you have answers, that you've discovered this other world that they've only dreamt of, and that you know the path on how to get there. And so a lot of what I do online, whether it's my blog post, my podcast, my newsletter, or showing up on shows like this is saying, look, I really deeply understand with a lot of empathy, your current situation, because I lived it for nine years, right? When I was talking to them, I was talking about, I struggled for nine years with a film production company. We had a hard time breaking $150,000 a year. So I was sharing like failures it's not that I had built a seven-figure business and that's why they trusted me. It's because I deeply understood their frustrations and their struggles. So once I could say, then I unlocked this thing where I was actually able to 4X my revenue in two years. I was able to fire my worst clients and hire bigger, better ones. And people that paid on time and respected my creative opinions and all those things, those are all the things that they desire, that Mm -hmm. audience specifically. So I was speaking directly to their current frustrations. And then I was highlighting how there's this magical thing that happened. And all of a sudden I got the results that they want in their life as well. And when you do that, what happens is there's a gap. Mm. You've created a gap and you can use this for good or for evil. And I urge everybody here to use it for good because the evil version is, and evil is a strong word here. So go with me, but You get on Instagram and you start scrolling reels. And what do you see? You see success porn, yeah, right? You see all the people posting their wins, posting their beautiful spouses and partners, posting their big wins with their business, the money they raised, the car they bought, the exit they had. And you have a gap now of where you are and you don't have these things that you're seeing and you're scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. We do it to ourselves. Yeah. Oh gosh, it's pernicious. So- we we feel like we're doing something, we're inspiring ourselves, we're motivating ourselves, but really we're just demoralizing ourselves yeah. over and over. It's so bad. Please yeah. get off social media. <laughs> that's one of my values. <laughs> no. Um, so that's the like not good version or the evil version. Yeah, the, the good shadow, version. The shadow side, saying, yeah. Yeah. The good version is saying, I know where you are and I have empathy for you, but I also have experience and expertise. So I know where you're trying to get. And I can help you get there. 
for the low price of 99999999 whatever right <laughs> don't do that but just invite people on the journey and the people yeah. who already overvalue what you do you're speaking their language you understand them you're empathetic and now you can speak with authority on here's how i achieved this outcome yeah and yeah don't use it for like and now get in my click funnels and i'm going to upsell 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 the next week don't do that cuz then you've destroyed all the goodwill that you've built up over an hour of a podcast episode but invite them to join the journey. Check out my free podcast. Check out my blog. Check out my free newsletter. Give a bunch of value before any transaction occurs. That's how you build that no like, and trust yeah. factor. Because if you're giving them answers and you're helping them succeed and make progress before you've ever asked for any dollars, well, guess what happens when you finally have an offer to put in front of them? First of all, I would wait until they raise their hand and say, I'm ready for an offer, then send them some emails or whatever you want to do to send them to an offer. Don't force them through a funnel. No one likes the feeling of being in a funnel. Okay, off that soapbox, but give a bunch of value before any transaction occurs, market to them when they're ready, and it becomes so much easier to sell to them. My easiest sales have come from people who've been on my email list for 90, 180, 200 days and they reached out with an email and said, hey, I've been following along for six months. I'm ready to sign up as a client. $15,000 consulting package. Mm. They emailed me and said, I'm ready to pay you that money. I don't have to do any hard selling yeah. because they already know my values and they already know that I have the authority and experience and expertise to help them get the same outcomes. Yeah. Sorry, that was a really long word to answer. <laughs> but I, I, I completely agree with it. You're basically saying build up some equity in terms of, um, you know, uh, equity in your favor, which is, you know, thinking from comic point of view, you know, if you're giving good without the ulterior metric, okay, how, you know, I can, I can give so much content out, I can do all this, and then I want to get X, Y, and Z back. If you hold the belief that as long as I'm giving out really high quality content and I'm reaching out to people and helping people, but the way the universe works, it has to come back to you. You can't give something without coming back to you, good and bad and ugly, by the way. So it works both ways. So it, it's brand equity as well. You know, you're, you're building up this rapport, you're giving in the information. And something else I want to touch upon that you said, it's also sharing your journey. So I have come from all sorts of, you know, ups and downs in my life. And I, to some people, I may seem successful, you know, for a podcast and multiple businesses. And, um, you know, some of them are seven figures going on to eight figures now. I still share my journey as this, you know, um, lawyer turned money mindset coach turned bimbo turned mummy turned you know mushy brain whatever. And I am severely dyslexic. So I own that. I, I own that and wear that like a badge of honor. I make mistakes all the time. I fumble over my words. And yes, I can be very articulate. I can be all things. But the most important thing is I share the things when I when I fail. So I am very open. One of my uh, uh, one of my episodes that we have for um, this for money mindset is Monday's episodes. And that's where I show every, everywhere where I've gone down, you know, I've made a mistake or I've learned from it. I think that's so important to share. Don't you, don't you think so? You know, when every time you fumble, be honest with your audience and share that as part of your journey so they know that you're a human being. I hope you are enjoying today's episode. If you want to learn more about my mindset strategies and energy tools to help you change your money mindset, then please register for my Abundance Mindset Makeover Workshop by visiting www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com. See you inside the workshop. I have got a quote for you that perfectly encapsulates this. Mm -hmm. So this is from Sean Coyne. He's a, an editor at like 
he was an editor for 25 years at these big five publishing houses, right? And now he works with like Stephen Pressfield and other people has a publishing company and he wrote a book called The Story Grid. So this comes from that book, The Story Grid, which none of your audience will care about that book, but this quote is amazing. Mm -hmm. How we are convinced finally to change is by hearing stories of people who risked and triumphed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 100%. So 100% that's that. why we have to share our story. My my best example of this was last year, I got on stage at the Craft and Commerce uh, Convention or conference up in Boise, Idaho, put on by ConvertKit. And I was sharing my, my story because I worked with one of the companies that had gotten a main stage presentation. They wanted me to be a part of it and share my story. So I got up there after they had talked about all these successful creators who had a million followers and 4 million followers and seven figure businesses. And I got up and I was like, Hey, check out my Twitter right now, 1830 followers, hmm. but I have a six figure business. So you don't need all those big things. I'm sharing my story in real time as I'm going through it. Yeah. So every week in my newsletter, I'm like, Hey, I learned this this week that worked. Hey, I met this person. They're doing something really cool. That looks like it's working. And I don't have that curse of knowledge where there's this gap between I did this where you're at 10 years ago, but now I'm here. No, I'm in the trenches with you right now. Yeah. And that's been a big thing that I've leaned into. And so many people have asked, like, why are you so open about this stuff? It's this, how we are convinced finally to change is by hearing stories of people who risked and triumphed. I'm yeah. going to risk it all, baby. Like, that's yeah. how I go about it. And I, I, yeah, I've had a couple of triumphs too. Yeah. And that's what's allowing other people to follow and believe in themselves and do the same. Exactly. That This is the whole purpose of this podcast. And that's why we have Fire Feature. We, I like to showcase people who have, have done that. They've risked it all. Like myself. I mean... I, you know, we, 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 as entrepreneurs, as I said on Friday Feature, we are those, you know, prone to risk or fall down, fat on a face, get up, dust yourself up, okay, what have I learned? How can I move forward? Let's move forward. That's, that's what we are as entrepreneurs. And we do that far often, um, than I've actually, I do it far too often more than I like, but it's still, I've learned the lessons I've learned. I wouldn't have learned otherwise. I think this is why Friday Feature has got, has, uh, has a life of its own. It's really appreciated because people come on like yourselves who are these rock stars and they've got all these accolades to the names and they're also, so they're, they're all these achievements. But people need to know these are everyday individuals and who've gone on to do extraordinary things because they've had the courage to take those calculated, I say calculated, uh, so we're not doing dumb risks, but we do calculated risks. Some risks are, you know, end up working out. Some do not, quite a few don't, but we get ourselves up, dust ourselves off and carry on and take the learning from us, from the ones that didn't work out and then come back stronger. I mean, I, I've got one project at the moment which has gone horribly wrong, horribly, horribly wrong for me in, in, the, in recent times. And I think I've done more learning on that one project. Of the, so I've done more learning in the last four months than I have in the last four years of my business. It's a completely different business. It's a different area. So yes, being an entrepreneur, I can't be satisfied with property with all the other things. I had to go into manufacturing, I had to go into another thing altogether. Um, and I've literally, um, I would say the learning I've had and um, and the reality check in terms of, I thought my business acumen and marketing skills and negotiation skills were so on top of notch, realized, <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> and they need improvement. This is what's important. And I share that so openly to say, look, I'm a work in progress. I messed up. I'm a money person and I messed up with money. But that's yeah. the whole point. The, the mindset is that I'm, I may be temporarily broke. I'm not poor. 
And that is the learning that we have to move forward with. And somebody else who listens to my journey said, oh, girl messed up. She messed up big time. But look, she's where she is now. Okay, that means I can do it. And if I mess up, I know I'll carry on. I'll be fine. I think that's why that, that quote is so important. It's so, so important. Yeah, I'm glad that you have the same approach because otherwise what we get is the perfect, perfect lifestyles on social media. That's our only guide as to how this is supposed to work. So if I don't have that, then I'm a failure. And then yeah. that, that belief that you're a failure prevents you from seeing any possibility. And so you don't take any action. You don't get any results, yeah. which completely goes in this reverse mindset where you start from a limiting standpoint and then you get worse and worse and worse. Yeah, and that sucks. 100%. So you need this flywheel that's going from your mindset dictates your, what's possible. And so you take action and that massive action gets you results. And then you got a bigger mindset and it's this virtuous circle, this flywheel effect, but it starts from that mindset. You have to start there. I'm going to add something else to it. I think people underestimate how long it took these people to be successful. So I want to, I saw a reel yesterday, which I thought was really, really valid. Uh, you know, people like Iman, uh, I always mess up his name, you know, Iman Gansi or something like that. He's a, he's a young entrepreneur in his early 20s. Um, there's, there's another YouTuber, Mr. Beast, I don't know his real name. But, you know, and there are and there are a number of other these teenagers or, you know, or young men in the early 20s who are, you know, really, really, really successful. They're multi, multi, multi-millionaire. And I think Iman Gansi is something like, I don't know, I think he's an eight or nine figure person. I think a nine figure now. And for someone who's about 23 and doing that, it can be very intimidating for, you know, someone in the in the 30s and 40s, especially for a man. I think as a woman, I don't figure, don't care so much, but I think men tend to compare more um, for, you know, for whatever reason. And it can be intimidating and it can be like, well, he's only in his 20s and I'm 40 and I still haven't figured it out. They started differently. They had a different journey. And considering that um, Iman Gonzi, he started, I think, when he was 14, and Mr. B started when he was something, you know, 16 or whatever else. So these people have been doing these things for seven, eight, nine, ten years. And only now, in the, you know, after the, you know, in the last few years, have gone results. And obviously, then they've just taken off with the new industry, with YouTube and so forth. So I think another thing that it should be have with social media is we are very quick to compare ourselves with the people who are younger, who are more successful not realizing that they too have taken years to get to where they are. They just started at a very young age. Whereas we are starting, maybe people listen to this podcast, especially a lot of them are in corporate world. So they are thinking about having an entrepreneurial journey when they're in the mid thirties, forties, even fifties and sixties, even right. They've they've had this uh, corporate career for the longest time, but now they feel that they want something different or they feel dissatisfied with where they are, or they just, they want to do something different. But now they look at all these entrepreneurs who are making six, seven, eight, nine, ten figures, and they're like, oh, my God, I'm so behind. But everyone's yeah. journey is different, wouldn't you say? I would say, and I I really feel strongly that we need to, like, remove the goal from being a seven, eight, or nine-figure creator. Like, that yeah. is such a small percentage of people, and yeah. you need so much less to have a successful, happy, thriving life. So if we could shift from money and dollars to freedom, I think that's really what most of us are after, yeah. especially if you're in corporate life, right? You want freedom of time. Yeah. You don't want to have to be in a button chair, nine to five, commute an hour or two each way every day. Yeah. So having freedom of your time and location would be amazing. Having financial freedom, I would argue that most people in corporate world are already there. 
compared to creatives and artists that are making yeah, 20, probably. 30, 50, 80,000 a year. If you're making six figures in corporate world, you have the opportunity right in front of you to tweak your lifestyle a little bit, dial it down, put 20, 30, 50% aside. And in two or three years, you would have a year or two of runway to start your own creative thing, move to another country, start a blog, do a travel Instagram, whatever it is that your dream is. You could have that in a year or two if you just shift your thinking. But if you think that in order to be successful, you have to have 10 million followers and $10 million a year, you're never going to even try because those numbers are too big. But in reality, most people with just a six-figure salary would be more than free especially if you're making 250 or more anywhere in the world, you can basically live a really nice life. I'm married with three boys and you know, we make low six figures and we have a really nice life. We have a four bedroom house on a quarter acre lot. Like, but I chose not to move to LA where it's two and a half times like cost of living. So it's just a little tweak and all of a sudden I'm thriving. Right. So, and then having freedom to work on something you're really passionate about to have your purpose be the driving force behind the work that you do. Mm. So if you're really not getting that from your corporate life, well, you can actually find purpose in things that don't generate any revenue. And that's okay. Maybe your YouTube channel is to teach people how to date better or how to clean the house in your 20s or how to raise kids because you're a stay-at-home dad or whatever it is. Who cares if it makes money, if it makes you happy and it gives you a purpose that brings some extra joy to your life? Not everything has to be directly related to a line item on your profit sheet, right? Or your balance sheet to where you're going, oh, well, I spent 10 hours this week on that YouTube channel and it lost money. Who cares? If you're in corporate life and you're making six figures and you want to have a YouTube channel and you want to go on a family vacation a couple times a year, my goodness, you could do that today. But we we start to blind ourselves by thinking it has to be that big, crazy exponential scale. So we never try. And then the world is better as a worse off place because we have less people creating things that they're passionate about. Can you tell what I care about? I want a world where creators are thriving and our world is full of art and music and film and creativity. And that only comes by people choosing themselves and saying, I'm going to try. So please try. Please yeah. go do it. I love that. I love that. On that note, we're going to wrap this up. Any parting comments for our audience? Oh, gosh. Uh, parting comments. Um, I, I think pursue your dreams, guys and gals. Like, whatever it is, start small. It doesn't have to be ground shaking or earth shattering or any of those things to start. So start with what you have. Start with your 10 friends and start a group chat and then it turns into a blog and turns into a podcast and turns into a big thing. But let it, like you said, let it take time. I've made tens of thousands of dollars for my podcast and I have a hundred listeners. Well, how does that work? It's because over time I found partners that were listening to my podcast who then I partnered with and they went and got sponsors for their podcast that we did together. And I got a five figure check. Okay. Well, Did my podcast directly make $12,000? No. But if I had not done the very small, simple thing of having five listeners, then 10, then 50, then 100, I never would have got the big opportunities. So you need to start by doing something. Pick one thing, do it consistently, give yourself time. I have a, a couple of posts where I say, you know, the rule of six or the give yourself 100, where it's like commit to 100. 
do a hundred YouTube videos or a hundred episodes of a podcast or a hundred newsletter issues. My goodness, things are going to change at 50, 70, 80. Mm -hmm. Who knows what it's going to look like at a hundred. You could have a six figure business after a hundred episodes of something, but you'll never know unless you give yourself the permission to go and do episode one and have it suck and have episode six still be terrible, but you're learning. And then episode 10, you're like, oh, that was okay. And episode 50, you're like, I got this. Mm-hmm. So by episode 100, you're killing it and you're thriving. Fantastic. On that note, we're going to wrap up. Um, Darren, tell us, how can you connect with you? Where can you find you on the internet? Awesome. I'm all over the interwebs at Darren T. Smith. So any social network, I'm basically there. Um, and then my website is craftsmancreative.co. So there's a free scorecard you can take. There's a bunch of free resources there that'll get you started. If anything I've said today resonated at all, I've gone into a lot of depth between books and podcast episodes and newsletter issues. They're all there at craftsmancreative.co. So you can really like choose your own adventure there. And then at some point, I'm sure we'll be able to chat. <laughs> Wonderful. So if you're listening to us on the podcast, the links that I just mentioned would be in the show notes. And if you're watching on YouTube, then down below in the description section, we'll have the link that Darren just mentioned as well. Check him out and see how he can help you. Thank you so much, Darren, for your um, time and for sharing your insight. It's been a wonderful uh, conversation. Thank you so, so much. It's been great getting to know you and chatting with you. And hopefully we can do it again soon. (laughs) And thank you for listening to me and Darren today on Money Talkies. I will be back with another amazing guest finding out how you and I can build a better business. Until the next time, meet this is Girl Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now. If you want to learn more about my energy tools and mindset strategies, then please visit my website, www.gulkhan.com. And if you want to take part in our five-day abundance mindset makeover workshop, where I deep dive into energy tools for abundance, then please go to www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com and register. I look forward to being your mentor in the next workshop. And if you want to learn about the spiritual laws of money, then go and get my book, Laws of Money, from www.lawsofmoney.com. Until the next time we meet, this is Girl Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now.